This is uh, the fifth session in our series of studies in the life of Joseph. And we are looking at timeline four between the ages of 27 to 30. Two to three years he spent in prison. And that's what we are going to focus our attention on this evening. Last week, we looked at his life as a slave for around 11 years. Now, this evening, we look at his life in prison, how he reacted to it, what happened during these three years, how he still stood firm, and how the Lord helped him through all these tough times. <laughs> okay. Now, just to give you know, sort of a, a brief uh, uh, background to the situation, he has been arrested for a crime that he didn't commit. That was Potiphar's uh, wife's allegation that he tried to get physical with her. And he has been arrested for a crime he didn't commit. So not only was he sold into slavery by his own brothers, now after being in charge of Potiphar's whole household, now he is punished for a crime that he did not commit. Now, I wonder if you were Joseph at this point, what would your feelings have been? Would you have been upset with God? To say, God, things are pretty good. I didn't do anything. Why am I being punished for it? You know? Or would your question be, God, how can this situation to be punished for a crime I did not commit? How could this work out for good in my life? When we go through uh, situations in our lives, situations we didn't expect to happen, oftentimes these are our questions, isn't it? Sometimes we would ask why this has happened. Sometimes we would also ask God, how could this situation possibly bring some good in the future? But remember, the events in Joseph's life were not an accident. God had him right where he needed in order to fulfill the destiny in his life. And this is an important truth. It is only with hindsight we look back and say, hey, God was with me. But when you are in that situation, you may not see the hand of God. But if only we can see it through the eyes of faith, we will find that we will be more than a conqueror. Think for a moment, even in this situation, to be punished for this crime he did not commit, he could have got even greater punishment, isn't it? You know, Joseph could have been executed, which was the usual punishment for uh, no, adultery. But even when you're thinking of Potiphar putting him in his you know, own uh, private prison, as it were, that was all a part of God's plan, isn't it? Maybe you know he was not really sure whether Joseph had actually committed the crime. Maybe he didn't really trust his wife. Maybe he knew how she behaved. <laughs> now, whatever the reason, the fact that Joseph was not executed for that crime he did not commit, but was just sent to prison, and that to a prison which was, if you were to say, attached to Potiphar's house or you know, in charge you know, of you know, Potiphar was in charge of all those inmates, that is definitely the hand of God. Okay, so when we look through the book, uh, the life of Joseph, and even when you look through your life, try and look at the hand of God. Not just in the good things, 
not only when he gives you a good grade or you get a position or you get a job or whatever, but also through the bad times. Look at the hand of God in all these situations. So let's briefly go through the things that happened in prison. Joseph in prison. Number one, the Lord was with Joseph in prison. Genesis chapter 39, verses 21 to 23. This is what we read. It says, The Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. The first important thing that we learn was in prison, God was there. Now, is it better for a person to be out of prison and God is not there or to be in prison where the Lord is there? The better thing is to be in the place where God is there, isn't it? So the Lord was with Joseph in prison. That's an important truth. Secondly, Joseph continued to do his best in whatever circumstance he found himself. Okay, The scripture tells us he, you know, he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. The keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who was there in the prison. Joseph did his best. And as a result, when the keeper of the prison saw his administrative abilities, as it were, he said, hey, this guy is a good guy. He has not done anything wrong. You know, I can give him some responsibilities. You know. Why? Because he did not view his prison life to be in chains, but he did his best. He was a person who upheld his integrity even in prison. <clears throat> so even though he was an imprisoned Hebrew slave, behind prison walls, he did not think that that was a prison wall. But he took up on that as a responsibility to do the best wherever he found himself. As a prisoner, Joseph Meister felt that he was at the end of his rope with no more possibility of a promotion, no more coming out of the prison. But Joseph continued to do his best in whatever circumstance he found himself. That's an important thing, isn't it? Sometimes when you are in that prison-like situation, you can sit and moan over it, you know. You can be you know, wallowing in self-pity and say, why did this happen? But that was not Joseph. Joseph said, okay, I've been put in prison. Let me do my best even over here. Third important lesson we learn is Joseph's administrative skills was soon noticed inside the prison, was soon noticed inside of the prison. Now, why was it noticed? Because he didn't sit in a corner sulking, because he did his very best, even if he was in prison. That's what the Bible tells us, isn't it? Whatever your hand finds to do, do it as unto the Lord, okay? Don't say, hey, this is this situation, I'm not to be blamed, no. You are in prison, do your very best. And that is what God expects of us. In whatever situation he has placed you in, 
small or great, whatever responsibilities are given to you, don't say, I don't want to do this, I will do something else. No, whatever is given to you, do it to the best of your capacity. Then you will find that more responsibilities would be given to you. So Joseph did this with so much of a success that eventually he was placed in charge of running the entire prison. Think for a moment. This is a surprising position, isn't it? For a person who is an inmate to be in charge of the prison. Now, how did it happen? Joseph did his best. God was with Joseph. Now, the fourth thing that we learn about him in prison in Genesis chapter 40 is where the cupbearer and the baker (laughs) arrive in prison. Now, when they arrived in prison, Joseph would not have realized that this was going to be the key for him to get out of prison. (laughs) Neither would they have realized that also. But remember, God was the one who was looking at all this situation. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us how long he was in prison before he, they arrived. It would have definitely been a couple of months. Okay, So for a couple of months, he's doing his job and has been promoted as to be in charge of the entire prison. And suddenly, these two individuals arrive. Now, both of them, if you notice, the cupbearer as well as the baker was in, a, in Pharaoh's employment. Somewhere they had offended their master. And remember, both of them are in the food aspect. So maybe they had mixed up something or they did not do the job properly. (coughs) Whatever was the charge against them, they are put in prison. Okay, A cup bearer is one who tastes the drink before the king tastes of it. So that if in case, you know, there's any poison mixed with it, you know, the king would not die. Remember, Nehemiah was a cup bearer, okay? It's an important position because, you know, you know he, it's like a security guard for the king, you know, in, especially in the area of the food. So both these individuals, the cup bearer would have been for tasting of the wine and the baker could have been the tasting of the food that was given. So both of them were in key positions to safeguard the king. And something has gone wrong somewhere, you know, and as a result, both of them have been put in prison. Now, the Bible tells us when they were put in prison, one day, Joseph noticed that the cupbearer and the baker seemed dejected and out of sorts. So, he went and asked them, why are you so sad? Okay. And then both of them said, oh, we've had dreams, you know, and there's no one to interpret them. Now, that's a troubling thing, isn't it, you know? You have some strange dream in the night and then you get up, you know, all flustered, you're sweating it out and you do not know what that dream meant. Now you're going to be worried, isn't it? And here were the individuals who were sitting there, both of them, having dreams in the night, now wondering, what can we do about it? Who is going to give the meaning of these dreams? And uh, remember, in the Egyptian culture, dreams were very, very important. So... Joseph comes along to them in chapter 40 and verse 8. He says, do not interpretations belong to God. Please tell them to me. Important lesson over here. Joseph did not say, I had a dream also. Now, I thought this is an interpretation God gave me, but it didn't work out. So don't think about dreams. You know? No, he did not do that. 
what did he do he says do not dreams belong interpretations belong to god he did not say look i am a good interpreter tell me more no he gave the credit to god okay so the cup bearer first told joseph his dream and he said in my dream there was a wine before me and on the wine there were three branches as soon as it budded its blossom shot forth and the clusters ripened into grapes pharaoh's cup was in my hand and i took the grapes and pressed them into pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in pharaoh's hand now they say one more responsibility of the cup bearer was to make sure that the the, uh, the pharaoh do not get drunk with wine and as a result you know they had to keep you know squishing the grapes fresh grape juice so that they won't get you know fermented or they don't get drunk with that wine so that was again this cup bearer's responsibility so he says this is what you know i was doing in my dream <coughs> So Joseph gives him the interpretation. He says, "In three days, Sena, and this is what is going to happen to you. Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to office." And then he says, "Remember me." Now, as soon as another cupbearer's dream has been sorted out, the baker also comes up with his own dream and says, "This is what I dreamt." but unfortunately the dream for him had a negative impact he says in 3 days time you are going to die <laughs> okay now both of them have got the solution if you were to say to their dreams you know and this is what exactly happened <laughs> okay so fifthly you find joseph interpreted the dreams of the two prisoners okay he explained to them that the number 3 that appears in both of their dreams represented a time interval so 3 days okay so specifically he told the chief cupbearer that the three branches he had seen meant that he will be restored to his position within 3 days and then joseph asked him to tell pharaoh the unjust treatment that he had received and says please remember me to pharaoh Joseph also told the chief baker that the three baskets of cakes in his dream meant that his execution will be within 3 days so this is the events that have happened and number 6 we learned it happened according to the dream the cup bearer got his job back the baker was executed but the cup bearer forgot joseph the cup bearer forgot joseph now think for a moment okay you have been put in prison for no crime things are just seeming to become better with the cup bearer and the baker arriving and the dreams being you know told and the dreams being fulfilled also and maybe now joseph is sitting in prison i wonder when he is going to come i wonder when the call will come for me to come back you know waited 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 nothing happened the cup bearer had forgotten joseph now are you living in a situation like that this evening living in the prisons of life things that have shut you down as it were okay you had dreams of the future but it has not worked out you know or maybe you are being imprisoned for some no fault of yours and you are saying you know why am i being punished for this you know and you are living not like joseph you know but living in a corner and saying giving up on life don't do that how can we thrive in the prisons of life 
that's what we can move ahead and understand. Don't lose hope in the promises of God because it was in this prison that Joseph learned some very, very valuable lessons, lessons that would serve him well in the years ahead. Remember, Joseph was not alone you know, in going through a prison experience, isn't it? Many individuals in the Old Testament, you find Daniel and Jeremiah and Hosea, and in the New Testament, John the Baptist and John and Peter and Paul and Silas. Many of these individuals went through prison experiences. And each one of us would also go through such experiences. May not, may not be in a physical prison, but when we feel that we are all closed down, it's like, you know, we are caught in a corner. We are in a dead end, as it were. There doesn't seem to be any uh, possibility of coming out of it. Do not allow the prisons of life to defeat you. Don't allow the prisons of life to defeat you. It didn't defeat Joseph. Joseph did not sit down in the prison and say it's all over, but Joseph thrived in that prison. How can we also thrive in life's prison? Number one, remember the prison is a place of oppression. Prison is a place of oppression. The Bible tells us that Joseph was bound in prison in verse 20, the first time that he's put that, okay? He had lost his liberty. He was held against his will. Suddenly, this was not the place that he dreamed of many, many years ago. And sometimes in our lives, we would also go such a, through such an experience. Times when everything around us seems to be falling apart at the seams. This was the, an experience of Job, isn't it, where he lost everything. And it will also be the experience of each one of us, whoever is living in this world, sometime or the other, in our lives, okay? And it is these experiences of life that we all fear, isn't it? These are not fun times, okay? But they are a part of life, you know? They are a part of life. No one is exempt from the day of trouble, a time in which you feel everything is closing in on you. This happens to everybody. But Joseph learned the powerful lesson that a person living in the will of God is abundantly free despite the walls that enclose him. Now, this is an important difference between those who know the Lord and those who do not know the Lord. Those who know the Lord, okay, even though these difficulties will be there, even though the struggles will be there, we can rest assured that God is in control, that God knows what he is up to that all that is happening in our lives is a fulfillment of his plan and his purposes in our lives. So we can really be free despite the tough situation, despite the oppressing situation. Thirdly, remember, even through the oppression, God still leads us. God still leads us. There's a beautiful song called God Leads Us Along, which goes like this. Sometimes on the mount where the sun shines so bright, God leads his dear children along. Sometimes in the valley, in darkest of night, God leads his dear children along. Some through the waters, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood, some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. 
God still leads his people, even in the prisons of life. That's why the psalmist could say in Psalm 23, isn't it? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because thou art with me. So that's the first important lesson. When you are in that tight corner, okay, remember, God is still there. Secondly, the prison is a place of obscurity. It's a place of obscurity. Joseph felt all alone. Joseph felt all deserted. Joseph felt defeated by the trials and the problems that he had so far faced. Okay. Remember, going back again, you know, sold by his brothers, thrown into a pit, feeling all alone. Now feeling all alone, you know, being taken, you know, to the slave market, then being picked up from there, and then all alone, Pharaoh's house. But then he rises up, and then now again, put back into prison, you know. From a slave, he now becomes a prisoner. Nobody knows anything that is happening to him right now, isn't it? And at this particular time, you know, when he's in maybe in a dark dungeon or, a, you know, an open dungeon, whatever, it's still a prison, you know, it must have seemed to him that all the dreams that he had of the future, all the dreams that he had as a young person, did not really mean anything right now. Maybe he was thinking, how is God going to do something out of all this? Remember, Joseph has not abandoned his hope. He's not given up hope, but he's still having trust in God. It could be a place of obscurity, isn't it? The prisons of life can all leave us feeling that way, feeling that nobody else knows about it, feeling that you are the only one who is going through that, okay? Feeling that, you know, when Satan comes and, you know, uh, whispers into our ears and says, if God really cares about you, why are you going through all these problems, you know? Or he may say, <coughs> you trusted God, but what did God do to you? He allowed all these problems to come into your way, isn't it, you know? Those are the things that, you know, thoughts you can put into your mind, you know? It can leave us feeling all alone. But remember, you are not the only one who feels this way. You're not the only one who feels this way. Remember, even great men like Elijah went through times of defeat and discouragement. They told God, God, I want to give up. You know? I'm the only one who's going through all this. Nobody is for you. I'm the only individual. Take away my life. You know? But you know, even though it may be a place of obscurity, God assures us that he will bring us out of that prison for his glory. But the hardest part when you're in that prisons of life is to learn to submit to him. When we don't like it, we want to be out free. But when you're living in that prisons, when you're going through that situation, the hardest part is to trust him. So remember, you may think that nobody knows you know, what is happening to you. You're feeling all alone. But be assured, God knows about it and he has definitely a plan and purpose for your life just as much as he had for Joseph. Thirdly, the prison is also a place of opportunity. It's also a place of opportunity. In this prison, Joseph had the great privilege of learning some valuable lessons about God, about God's presence, about God's providence, about God's purposes, about God's power. You know, all these lessons he could never have learned 
if things were all normal, okay? Remember, God takes us through those prisons of life to teach us lessons about himself. The trials of life, number two, teach us lessons about God that cannot be learned any other way. Now, you may say, you know, I wish we do not have it to learn it this way, but it is the trials of life, the testings of life, the tough situations of life that really enable us to become strong, okay? So the trials of life teach us these lessons that we would never have learned any other way. Remember, Daniel could not have learned about God's power over the lions unless he was first cast into the lion's den. The three Hebrew boys could not have learned that God was able to deliver them from the fire until they had been cast into the furnace. The disciples would never have known that Jesus could still the storm until they found themselves in the midst of it. The list can go on and on, but the fact is we learn more about God in the prisons of life than in any other way. So the prisons of life are not designed to stop us, but they are designed to strengthen us. They are not designed to stop us, but they are designed to strengthen us. So let's look at prisons as opportunities. We must never ask the question, why? Why did this happen? You know, instead, ask God, what can I learn from this? Okay. Remember Romans 8.28 tells us you know, that God will work out everything together for our good. Okay. So instead of asking why in the prisons of life, and being down and out about it, let's look up to God and trust God that God has a plan, God has a purpose. And as we trust him, he is able to take us out of that prison. Fourthly, the prison is a place of obedience. Even in this prison, Joseph remained faithful. We do not find Joseph sitting in a cell whining about how unfair everything is everything else is, but we find him being a person who trusted in God, even when nothing was going his way. That's obedience, and that's what God wants us to do. Remain faithful to the Lord. Don't give up on God. Secondly, it is God's will for you to bloom where you are planted, to bloom where you are planted. God expects you to remain faithful to him wherever he has planted you. If right now it is a prison of life, bloom over there. If right now it is a success of life, bloom over there. God expects you to bloom where you are planted. We can either honor God by a life of obedience in spite of difficulty, or we can dishonor him by allowing our trials to hinder our service. And finally, number C, Nothing in life just happens. Nothing in life just happens. Remember, for a Christian, there's no such thing as coincidence. Nothing just happens. If you have put yourself in the hand of God, God is taking you. God is taking you. Nothing happens just by chance. God has a purpose for that. So don't give up. Keep trusting God. Fifthly, the, play, the prison is a place of overcoming, is a place of overcoming. God used Joseph during his time 
in prison. And chapter 40 and 41 tells us you know, that Joseph glorified God while he was there and God used him to touch the lives of other prisoners. And finally, one day came when Joseph was delivered from the prison. In less than an hour, Joseph went from being a prisoner to being the prime minister of Egypt. Life changed in an instant of time. And that's what God's plan for our lives is as well. Through his trials, Joseph learned to keep trusting in God. Keep trusting in God. Look at the progression of the assignments that Joseph was faithful in. Initially, if you notice in chapter 37, his dad gave him an assignment, isn't it? You know, Go see what your brothers are doing. Then he was placed in charge of the household of Pharaoh in chapter 39, a greater assignment. You know? Then you find him in charge of the prison. Okay. Then finally in chapter 41, we will see him how he's in charge of a great nation. How did it all happen? Because Joseph was faithful in the little things. Remember, don't give up. Keep doing that which God has asked you to do. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so look into your life this evening and find out, you know, are you in the center of God's will? Are you blooming where he has planted you in the prison of life maybe? Or do you find yourself struggling against the bonds that hold you? Whatever may be the need, if we keep trusting in God, God is the one who is able to help you to thrive in prison and in due time take you out of it. Now, you may ask a question, but how long should I be in this prison? You know, what do I do when I'm waiting for God to take me out of this prison? Okay. Waiting is never really you know, uh, easy, isn't it? Waiting is never really easy. The question this evening is, are we willing to wait? Okay, so let's look out now at the next item. What to do when you are waiting? <laughs> what to do when you are waiting? Now, when Joseph was thrown into the pit by his brothers, he had no idea what was going to happen to him next, isn't it? And he had no idea. When you and I are in the prisons of life, we have no idea what is going to happen in the future. When Joseph was stuck in prison, he had no inside knowledge when he is going to get out. Okay? Similarly, when you are in the prisons of life, you have no clue when you will get out of that prison. Waiting is perhaps the hardest discipline of the Christian life. Warren Worsby uh, puts it across this way where he says, God permitted Joseph to be treated unjustly and put in prison to help build his character and prepare him for the task that lay ahead. The prison would be a school where Joseph would learn to wait on the Lord. He would learn that God's delays are not God's denials. So what do you do when you are waiting? Don't give up. Remember, God's delays are not his denials. Three simple things that we can do when we are waiting. Number one, be faithful. Be faithful, okay? We do not know how long Joseph had been in prison before the cupbearer and the baker arrived, you know, but he was faithful during all that you know, period okay he was faithfully doing the job you know whatever job was given to him as a prisoner 
he was faithfully doing it okay somewhere you know there is this quote the secret of your future is found in your daily routine the secret of your future is found in your daily routine the things you do every day especially the little things that make up the routine of life these are the seeds of your future that you sow every day the book of ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10 tells us whatever your hand finds to do do it with all your might do it with all your might so take make use of whatever opportunities that god gives to you each day don't allow time to fritter up don't waste your time okay it was martin luther king junior who put it this way he wrote whatever your life's work is do it well a man should do his job so well that the living the dead and the unborn could do it no better if it falls your lot to be a street sweeper sweep streets like michelangelo painted pictures like shakespeare wrote poetry like beethoven composed music sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will have no pause and say here lived a great street sweeper who swept his job well that is what being faithful is all about okay being faithful in the little things of life wherever god has placed you be faithful number 2 be ready be ready okay don't say this is the place i'm going to be finally be so settled down over there be ready because you know when joseph was willing to interpret the dreams of the cupbearer uh, cup and the baker it meant that he had not given up on his own dreams isn't it he knew his dreams is going to be fulfilled he knew that god had not fooled him <coughs> he saw god's hand everywhere and even in the prison when an opportunity came in you know he was ready okay remember that the best work people have done are in prison john bunyan wrote pilgrim's progress in prison Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote the cost of discipleship in prison Chuck Colson who was put in prison because of the Watergate scandal you know started prison fellowship to help the prisoners because he was in prison so be ready you know do what God is asking you to do and keep looking for that opportunity where God is going to release you thirdly you know be bold be bold okay The man was 14 when the cup bearer is you know, taken back you know, to his job. He says, remember me when it is well with you, okay? And please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh. So get me out of this house. He was bold enough to go and speak a word to say, tell Pharaoh this, okay? I'm trusting you, you know? He was also trusting God. and that's what god wants us to do okay now when you are in this situation you know when we are waiting we also have the questions you know the what if questions what if this does not work out what if you know what i have been looking forward for the future does not happen these are the what if questions of life and that's what happens in verse 23 where he and you know, he was bold to tell the cup bearer to remember him to pharaoh but that didn't happen you know so what if of life what if this similar situation happens in our life okay there are a lot of what ifs that we have isn't it but remember 
our God is bigger than all the what-ifs. Instead of sitting in fear and saying, what if this happens, what if that happens, a lot of people get stuck in life only thinking about the what-ifs, what-if questions, isn't it? But God wants us to step out in faith. Trusting God, you know, now, do not allow your fear, the what-if fears, to control you so that you have no faith. Remember, God is never in a hurry. God is never in a hurry. God does not keep time the same way as we do. A.W. Tozer put it this way, God never hurries. There are no deadlines against which he must work. He is bigger than the clock. Okay. Even though the cup bearer forgot, did God forget? Not at all. Not at all. God remembered him. God is never in a hurry. So don't give up on God. Keep trusting God. Make sure that you are faithful where God has placed you. Let me close with some simple practical lessons that we can learn from Joseph's time in prison. Number one, God's plans and purposes are far greater than our own. When you're caught up in a prison, you know, don't think that's the end. His plan and purpose are far greater than our own. Number two, God provides and blesses those who persevere to follow him. When he was in prison, God sent the cupbearer and the baker who were the mean sinner for him to be released later on. God is still in charge. He provides and he blesses if we are faithful to him. Number three, suffering to God's people is not always bad. God can use the most painful time of our life for his good. It is in the prisons of life that we learn to trust in God, that we learn who God is, that we learn the fact that God is the one who is sovereign, who is still in control. Number four, there is value in self-control living in the do-whatever-you-want culture. The culture that we are living in is do whatever you want. It doesn't make a difference if God has done this to you, if so-and-so has done this to you, do it back to them. No. You know, God expects us to be faithful people. There's a value in the controlling of ourselves and doing that which God wants us to do because that is what pleases God. And in due time, God will take us out of the prisons of life. Number five, God honors patience and perseverance in times of trouble. When a person doesn't give up, you know, and still holds on to God, God honors that individual. Number six, strive for honesty and strong work ethics. They are sadly missing these days, you know. Joseph, you know, refused to give in to Potiphar's wife, you know, and when he was in prison, he was still a good worker. If you are a student, you know, be a good student, you know. If you are a student, don't you know, cheat, be honest, you know, strive for honesty and strong ethics. And number seven, fear the Lord and be faithful to him. Fear the Lord. Remember, God is the one who is in charge. So as a result, you know, he has it together. He has it together. Okay? You may think that life is chaotic for you. No, he has it together. You know? Everything is working according to his timetable. Look at Joseph's life. Okay? He did not know what is going to happen in the future. You and I don't know. But we know the ending of Joseph. So from that, we can also learn. The same God who was with Joseph is also with us. Let's bow our heads in prayer together.